0: I'm James Northrup with James Endeavor Northrup Farms from Angleton, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready
2: to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, illegal immigration has caused so many headaches for Texas ranchers over the last couple of years. But there's a bill in the legislature that may help ease that burden a bit. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the
3: Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. State water priorities in the Texas legislature. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have comments from the Texas Senate Chairman of the Water, Agriculture and Rural Affairs Committee on Texas Ag Today.
4: When it comes to getting into farming, there can be a variety of ways to do it. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Act Today, we'll bring you the unique story of how one man became a Texas High
5: Plains farmer. This is James Duncan from East Texas, wondering what do we do next? This question is always up for discussion, and weather is always the cause.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets, all coming up. The flood of illegal immigration over the past two years has caused countless damage to Texas farmers and ranchers in the form of stolen or broken equipment, cut fences, and the threat to their lives. A bill in the current session of the Texas legislature aims to relieve a small part of those troubles by limiting the liability that ranchers face due to the damage done to their ranches.
0: Uh, what we're trying to do this year in the state legislature is have a law that exempts ranchers from any liability such as cattle being on the road uh, caused by illegal immigrants, uh, activities that say cut fences or cut water lines or any of those sort of things, or that steal cars, steal vehicles, um, uh, run into run into you know buildings, we're trying to have a, have a law that would fairly exempt the the ranchers and the landowners from liability on that account.
2: That's Arthur Uhl, president of the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. He says the prospects look good for passing the bill.
0: We think that we'll have good support. As long as we can clearly evidence the damage and the unfairness of the liability, I think we'll have success, and we've really received some a pretty good response so far. So we're, we're very optimistic.
2: The legislation is House Bill number 73. Corn planters are rolling in deep south Texas. Luke Etheridge is a regional agronomist for BASF. He covers a territory from east Texas down to the Rio Grande Valley.
6: Yeah, Kerry, I think we fired up the corn planters right around the 1st of February, maybe the last week in January. You know, the 10-day forecasts look really good for having some warm weather. Um, They're going to be limited on moisture this year unless we get some rainfall. I talked with uh, Dwight Jackson, National Cotton Council, the other day about you know, what the anticipation was on the irrigated acre, um, especially cotton down in the valley. And I think it's going to be down just a little bit. It was down a little bit last year, probably down a little bit more this year, um, just from the lack of irrigation water. They're probably going to run out without you know, some significant rainfall that comes down the, uh, the river. And now
2: that planters are in the field, Etheridge doesn't expect them to stop until the last cotton seed is in the ground.
6: You know, if Corn planters are not rolling, you know, all the way up north, close to Victoria by now. I know they're north of, you know, in San Patricio County, north of Corpus. They're rolling. Um, You know, they're probably not going to stop unless we get a significant weather event pushed through here. Um, They're going to go right into Milo, and then they're they're not going to stop. They're going to go right into cotton.
2: BASF regional agronomist Luke Etheridge. Water issues are front and center in this year's Texas legislative session. Tom
3: Nicoletti has more from the state capitol. Texas agricultural producers want protection of the rights of landowners, farmers, and ranchers to surface water and groundwater. That is a priority issue for them in the current 88th session of the Texas legislature. Texas Senate Water, Agriculture, and Rural Affairs Committee Chair Senator Charles Perry of Lubbock recently addressed water issues before farmers and ranchers representing the Texas Farm Bureau.
7: The Lieutenant Governor is asking me what my water plan for the session looks like. It's going to be a water supply bill. First time in the history of the state of Texas that we've actually, in effect, put some leverage to private sectors to go out Developed water sources undeveloped today. Specifically marine produced, marine desal, produced water desal, and brackish water desal are all supply opportunities that are not currently supplying us water today that if we develop them and develop them correctly we may end up solving our water needs for a long 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 time. It's a billion dollar seed fund. It would establish a fund that would allow private sector to leverage opportunities to go out and acquire water from other states that have said they're willing to sell us water. There's a lot of acre feet on the table as we speak from being able to acquire water from someone east of here. We as a country and as a state cannot let those opportunities go by. Between the produced water study that I did last session, and we'll have pallet projects this year to prove out the concept, that is a quarter of a million of acre feet of water on the low side of recovery, that could stay in a very water-deprived area of the state, this part of the area that produces our fiber and fuel.
3: That is Texas Senator Charles Perry, chair of the state's Senate Water, Agriculture, and Rural Affairs Committee. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. When it comes to getting into farming, there can
2: be a lot of different ways to do it. James Hunt looks at the unique story of how one man became a Texas High Plains farmer.
4: In many cases, if you ask someone how they became a farmer, the answer is, they were born into it. But that's not exactly the route taken by Jesse Wieners. Wieners did not grow up on a family farm. But as a child, he did go to school every day on a campus right next to the AgriLife Research Farm in Bushland.
8: I remember as a young kid in the first, second, third, fourth grade, I'd see them out there harvesting the plots and see the combines go in and see them planting. And I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that I wanted to do it.
4: Now, aside from spending some summers in Colorado where some of his relatives did have a farm, Wiener's journey toward becoming a farmer himself began by first becoming a rancher
8: at a very young age. The first check that I ever got, I was about 12 years old and i saved my money up and i bought two pregnant cows and i grew my herd from there by the time i was 21 i had about 150 cows and i was leasing some pasture land north of amarillo
4: wieners continued with cattle until that big drought that began in 2011. like many other cattlemen at that time he wound up selling off his animals but those same drought conditions gave him another opportunity
8: at that time a lot of people were bailing corn stalks and corn stalks were bringing quite a bit of money. And I saw a lot of corn stalks sitting in the fields and they were going to the feed yards, but they couldn't find trucks to get them there. So I decided at that time I was going to sell my cows, get out of the cattle business, and I was going to buy some trucks and I was going to start trucking corn stalks or hay to the feed yards.
4: In our next report, Jesse Wieners tells us how owning that business ultimately allowed him to become a row crop farmer. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: East Texas farmers are waiting on Mother Nature to make her next move. James Duncan has an
5: update from Marshall. In northeast Texas, we're blessed with Great Lakes, natural wilderness habitat, Diverse farm and ranch opportunities and weather, as in the case everywhere across the state of Texas, always affects our success in production of all our crops. We don't get as dry as many, nor as cold as most, but we do get the moisture. And we've really got the moisture. Now, in the month of January, we got uh, 11 inches recorded on one of the farms right next to me. And so I know this is generally speaking all the way across this side of Texas, this amount of rainfall. We're used to getting it, but it always causes problems if we get real dry. So we're looking for a springtime to come that'll give us some normal type weather where we get a little moisture along, a little dry, so that the crops really get to growing. This really wet weather that we've had is detrimental to our good winter pastures that we're doing really, really well. And they're just too wet to graze right now on a heavy concentrated area. So we've had to move some of our cross fencing and let open those pastures up just a little bit more here in the last few weeks. But as we look at the things coming for producers in the beef cattle industry, the market just looks really good. We, We have really watched that thing move up a little bit in the future. So we're looking for good prices this spring on many of our cattle. problem is this we don't have them to sell. We have reduced our herds to great lengths to make profit to stay in the business and keep things going. So we got to wait and see what happens now as far as our calves that come off. If we can get those weights up and keep the prices along where we are, we'll be okay. Just keep the weather coming though. Keep the grass growing. We'll start hay production early this year if things continue like they are. James Duncan reporting from Marshall for Texas Ag Today.
9: Black bears play an important role in our ecosystem. I'm Jessica Dolmull and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: Lamb and meat goats are commonly raised on improved pastures, but parasites are a big problem. Texas veterinarian, Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas
3: Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture, on Texas Ag Today.
2: Lambs and meat goats are commonly raised on improved pastures,
10: but Dr. Bob Judd says internal parasites are a big problem. Resistance to intestinal parasites is a serious problem in these animals. Some sheep and goats are more resistant to parasites and a study was performed to determine resistance and to determine if supplementing with protein would increase immunity against the parasites. Over a three-year period, six grazing groups contained 18 animals each, with six Suffolk, six Katahdin, and six goat weathers. Three groups were not supplemented, while the other three groups received whole cottonseed. Each year, all animals were dewormed prior to the start of grazing with volbazin, levamisole, and ivermectin. After the initial deworming, only individual animals were administered a combination of the dewormers when their FAMACHA score was 3 or greater. The FAMACHA score is determined by checking the color of the inner eyelids and comparing that to a chart. The chart has three color levels of 1 to 5, with one indicating normal pink color of the membranes, while 5 has almost white membranes. Anemia, or low blood count in sheep and goats, is generally caused by intestinal parasites called hemonchus. The FAMACHA score, fecal egg counts, and red blood cell counts were examined to estimate the number of parasites present and the degree of anemia. This resulted in animals only being dewormed when the FAMACHA score was 3 or greater and decreases the number of animals that were dewormed. Katahdin lambs were the most resistant to parasites, with goat kids being the most susceptible to parasites and Suffolk lambs intermediate. Supplemental protein with whole cottonseed did seem to lower the fecal egg counts in goat kids, but did not have an effect on cathodin lambs, which were more resistant to gastrointestinal parasites. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Black bears play an important role in our ecosystem.
2: Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report.
9: A multi-year study on black bears is underway in far west Texas. Researchers from the Borderlands Research Institute at Sul State University radio-collared several bears in the fall in cooperation with landowners and the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department so we can learn more about their habits and ecology as population numbers increase in that part of the state. Amanda Vilsdent, postdoctoral research specialist at BRI, says that as a larger carnivore, bears play an important role. Their presence
8: alone can regulate the behavior of those smaller carnivores like coyotes that can also be considered nuisance animals by some people. And then also because they're very generalist in their diet, they eat quite a lot of nuts and fruits and berries. And so when they consume those food items, they then disperse the seeds once they pass through their system. And so they provide several very important roles in their ecosystem. And so when they come back into the ecosystem, it's naturally going to be more diverse and more healthy. And that is only going to benefit all of the species that we all care about. And also it's going to benefit the people that live on the land too, that you know, want to enjoy
9: wildlife. As part of the project, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is working with landowners and business owners in the area to help reduce the likelihood of human-bear conflicts. Due to declining black bear populations, they are a protected species in Texas. It is against the law to hunt, harass, or kill them. Those with black bear issues are encouraged to contact the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
2: It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
9: Despite a positive weekly export sales report released on Thursday, thursday live cattle traded mostly lower on thursday afternoon february live cattle up 22 cents to 162.77 april live cattle down 52 cents to 164.07 june live cattle down 47 cents to 159.72 the feeder cattle market gave back most of the gains that we saw on wednesday on thursday march feeder cattle down a dollar 10 to 186.22 April feeder cattle down fifty-five cents to one ninety-sixty. May feeder cattle down fifty cents to one ninety-four forty-seven. Box beef was higher. Choice up three dollars and eighty-six cents to two seventy-nine fifty-three. Select up two dollars and ten cents to two sixty-three twenty-nine. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
6: Phil Brockenbush getting's livestock our guest. Phil, how did your Monday sale go? It
11: was good, Larry. We had up 995.
6: Walk the pins with us.
11: All right, your steers 300 and back, average 204 brought up to 245. 3 to 4 weights, 207 to 237 and a half. 4 to 5 weights, 205 to 240. 5 to 6 weights, 192 to 227 and a half. 6 to 7 weights, 171 to 195. 7 to 8 weights, 140 to 165. Your heifer mates, 300 and back, average 177 brought up to 225. Three to four weights. 180 to 220 four to five weights 185 to 217 and a half five to six weights 176 to 210 six to seven weights 165 to 192 seven to eight weights 136 to 155 your bull yearling seven to 850 pounds a dollar to a dollar 65 850 to a thousand pounds a dollar to a dollar fifty your packer bulls high yielding bulls a dollar to a dollar sixteen medium yielding bulls 90 to 99 high yielding packer cows 80 to 101 medium yielding cows 55 to 75 Little thin cows 35 to 54 Sold a few pairs Didn't have much uh, 1275 was the best pair And bred cows We had a couple Of good bred cows They brought up to 1400 So it was a pretty good day
6: What do you know For this next Monday?
11: Uh, we got a little stuff going uh, There's a guy That sent some This past week And he's going to have A few more Of them wing calves So uh, we got a little stuff going I don't know If it'll be as big as it was You know it's kind of Catching up from the From the rain and stuff So right. I right. think it'll be A little lighter But, but the market it's really good so they're, they're kind of bringing them
6: good tell everybody how to get a hold of you
11: uh, you can call me at 979-716-4395 or call the barn at 979-542-2274
6: neighbor that's our livestock auction market report for today we'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens i'm larry marble for texas ag today
9: Lean hogs traded lower for much of the day Thursday despite an increase in pork export sales. That data was released on Thursday from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. April lean hogs down 72 cents to 85.77. May lean hogs down 85 cents to 94.85. Block cheese was unsteady Thursday and it closed at $1.88. Barrel cheese was up a penny Thursday to $1.54. February class three milk lost three cents Thursday to $17.90 a hundred weight. March class three milk up four cents to seventeen seventy a hundred weight. After seeing triple-digit losses on Wednesday, we continued to see losses in the cotton market on Thursday that despite a decent export sales report from USDA. Analysts say the decline on Thursday was due to a stronger U.S. dollar and recession fears. March cotton down 130 points to 81.25. May cotton down 87 points to 82 even. December cotton down 53 points to 82.47. USDA's weekly export sales report for corn was better than expected, but corn still traded mostly lower on Thursday. March corn down a quarter to 677. May corn up one to 675. September corn down one and a half to 608 and three quarters. March hard red wheat up four to 898 and a half. May hard red wheat up four and a quarter to 887 and a quarter. March natural gas fell 7 cents Thursday to 2.39. April natural gas down 6 cents to 2.48. March crude oil down 15 cents to 78.44. April crude oil down 16 cents to 78.67 a barrel. The Dow fell 121 points Thursday to 34,006. The S&P 500 down 15 points to 4,132, and the Nasdaq fell 55 points to 12,015. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.